Yes, here we go. Welcome back to the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. This is episode number 69. And today we're talking about how much exercise is too much exercise. And I'm delighted to be joined by my fellow coach, Patrick May, who is, uh, this is his first podcast with me. First podcast ever, mate. Yeah, making the debut today. Uh, to say I've been looking forward to it would be maybe a little bit of a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you took me on board uh, and, and you mentioned the how um, we'll be doing loads of podcasts. I was like, ah, great. Man, I've been, I've been waiting to jam with someone on these podcasts for a while. I mean, I love getting the guests on yeah. and, and super insight, insightful learning from other people. But um, I, I know we're going to have some great conversations. Obviously, the stuff that we talk about on a day-to-day basis with our members, yeah. um, with our own training, I think it would just be good to someone to kind of chat and bounce ideas off and then obviously share that with, with the podcast listeners as well. Patrick, before we get into today, do you want to just give a very quick introduction to yourself just to let people know who you are, what you do? Of course, yeah. Uh, so, so like yourself, I'm a personal trainer and coach. Um, my background is based around uh, strength and conditioning work. Um, I've been a fully qualified uh, personal trainer now for going on four years. So, in terms of um, being in 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 the industry, uh, haven't got uh, too much time. Um, but I've experienced like different environments. I used to be a, a freelance when I first started. And I've also worked um, on a corporate site as well. And then I made the transition over here and then obviously been working closely with you for the past, what was it? Yeah, over six months, seven, eight months now. So yeah, it's just uh, flown by. Yeah, and I think if, if anybody ever checks out your Instagram and I'll tag this in, they'll be able to tell that you're, you do a lot of sports. You're kind of like me, you do a lot of different sports, cycling, tennis, you know, regular yeah. gym work yeah absolutely and um i think i think that's uh one of the reasons why you, you you likely brought me on because we're very similar in that in that aspect you know um we we have a wide variety of uh training modalities like absolutely love uh a variety of things you know our strength training long distance work running cycling you name it yeah, that's awesome. All right, mate, let's get into it then. So how much exercise is too much? And in this podcast, maybe this caught someone's attention listening now who maybe thinks they might be overtraining, maybe not, they're not seeing the progress that they like or they want to see within their training, maybe they're feel, feeling burnt out. I was hoping we could kind yeah. of summarize in this podcast and go over maybe some of the points that they're, they're falling on or they're experiencing and, and how we can kind of give them advice to get out of that. I think the first thing to attack though is, Yes, we're talking about how much exercise is too much, but I think the initial overview of exercise in general is that people aren't doing it enough when we look at the general population. And that's the, you know, what we do with the brand movement wins. That's you as a trainer, me as a trainer. We're always trying to encourage people to exercise more. Um, and I don't yeah. think that should be overlooked. But yes, there is a small minority of people who are probably doing too much and then they're actually having a negative, negative effect on their health mm -hmm. and fitness or, or their lifestyle in general. Um, yeah. So let's attack it from this point of view then. There's loads of individual factors that go into, into someone's training, right? When they, um, when they first get into a gym or if they've been training for a long time, there's so many different factors. Time, uh, time that they have to train, they can dedicate to training based on, I don't know, their lifestyle, their work, their family, their current fitness level, age. How do you find, um, how do you find setting a, a training program for someone in the beginning based on their, their kind of time restraints? 
when it comes to like programming, it's like so important. You know, you now the 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 fundamentals. You know how how you know we go to like the the fit principle. Um, very basic, really really basic. How frequent they're training. You know, um, what what uh, what their normal training pattern will be throughout the week. Are they going to be training uh, two times a week, three, four? It all depends. Okay. Um, and then you dive into what specifically um, or how hard they want to train, okay? What, what's their goals and then relate it to how, um, how hard that intensi- intensity is going to be, okay? Um, and, that's, and that's also a, a key component that we need to, to kind of work on. Um, and the type of training, okay? So again, looking at... Um, the 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 type so variety um again would it, would it be uh strength and conditioning work or do they need something else beforehand you know can we can we rush into that um and just make making sure we have the big picture first before specifics uh before going into that um and then the time as well so just just going over quickly like um how how much can they dedicate to to their workout? You know, um, are they someone who only can do twenty to thirty minutes per session, or do they have a little bit more flexibility um, when it comes to to working out? Yeah, I think that's that's super important. And obviously, what we do with the the movement wins tracker and where that was kind of born from was trying to set people. Um, obviously an agreed target, but a real like manageable target for someone. And it's not from the outset, it might look like with all the leaderboards and the gamification of the movement wins tracker, which is, is motivating in itself. Uh, from the outside, it might look like it's something that's promoting perhaps overtraining. But what's really important to understand is when someone first comes onto that track or starts to work with myself or you on a personal training basis or in the group classes, that conversation is around about the things that we've just mentioned, you know, how, how many times can you train? What sort of time frame have you got? What is your current fitness level? That type of stuff. And then from that, we're able to set a measurable target and say, hey, what's the minimum that you can do this week? Or what's the minimum that you can do next week for the next month, for the rest of your life? What's the minimum that you can do? Because what we're trying to promote with Movement Wins is that exercise, and we don't need to go on about how beneficial exercise is in terms of physical, mental, social health. We, we know that. We can list off the things. People know it. But we still see these times where people go through prolonged periods of, of their life not exercising. And that's perhaps where they start to become unconditioned, sedentary. They start to develop maybe health conditions, putting on body fat or unwanted weight. So it's about having those, those real conversations in the beginning and go, hey, what are you capable of? And then once you've got that, it's easy for us as trainers, as coaches to go, okay, well, here's, here's what we expect. We agree on that. You have the time to do it. Even if you had the busiest week ever at work, um, you know, family life, getting in the way, that type of stuff, you still have that expectation to reach it. And what I really love about the tracker is that it's not, uh, it's not biased towards doing a gym workout or doing cycling or doing running or swimming. It's literally saying, hey, Go and do some purposeful exercise. That might be you going for a 20-minute walk at the end of your year uh, before you go to bed. That might be you sticking on something on YouTube, on the TV, and doing a quick core workout, some of that. Whatever it is to you, that purposeful exercise that allows you to reach that target. And then we just keep it super simple with that calorie target, right? 
yeah, absolutely. And, and just feeding off that, um, you know, I was discussing this with, with my partner and, and with, when it comes to the tracker, you know, we, we even had, we both um, was feeling like unmotivated, but then we used the tracker and we was like, right, what can we do this evening? We hadn't, hadn't really done anything. Um, and we just kept it nice and simple. We just went out for a, a, a leisurely run um, and we felt, we felt miles better um, for it. Yeah. So then, um, that's great. And, and it's the same for me and anybody on the track as well. That's what it's there for. And then as we're talking on this podcast, the other side of that is weeks that you are feeling more motivated, perhaps people who are, are doing more than their target because they have the time, they have more, um, they have more ability to go out and do the workouts. Uh, but then, you know, that on a weekly on, you know, a one-off week is fine. If someone's constantly doing double the work that is maybe prescribed from, from the coach. It might be amazing in the beginning going, oh, this is great. Like they're really into their fitness, but that's going to lead somewhere, right? And that's probably going to lead to some sort of burnout. That's going to lead to some sort of, I mean, let's, let's start with burnout. Um, one of the things I read in, there's a great book called Peak Performance and it's burnout is not a badge of honor. And I've definitely been in a position before when I've been training and exercising that I've gone, yeah, I'm doing the most work here. I am, you know, I'm training two, three hours a day. I'm doing double sessions. Uh, you know, I'm doing multiple modalities. I'm going for long runs in the morning and doing gym workouts and feeling like it was a badge of honor. Um, but that burnout comes around very quickly. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, even as fitness professionals, we, we go through spells. We go through spells where we, we obviously, you know, dive into it. We go you know, a hundred miles per hour at times. Um, but then we are human. We, we do suffer with this and I've certainly suffered with this. You know, I've, I've, I've gone into sessions um, and I, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't mentally um, push anymore. And I've, I've been pretty good um, compared to other people in the sense like listening to my body and knowing when to like step back and not push it um because like you say you you probably experienced you know going 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 that extra extra bit further and 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 it just you know leads to to unnecessary injuries and even more stress physiological and and psychological as well yeah and i think um it's it's like what you said there about listening to your body and i think one of the things that probably aren't isn't talked about much. I think people understand that being physically exhausted from working out, i.e. doing a tough workout one day or, or for a couple of weeks and then not being able to physically get themselves to the gym because of, I don't know, because of the soreness, the delayed onset of uh, muscular soreness, mm -hmm. because of, you know, just feeling completely drained and wiped and perhaps that's not where they go. But then there's other characteristics to burn out that aren't really talked about. And I'm feeling unmotivated and not actually wanting to go to the gym um, they are consistent signs of being burnt out as well. So I always find that's a real reflection of what, what happens to people when they jump, when they haven't been doing anything for a long time and they jump in with this new fitness journey, you know, they're starting the latest diet, they go into the gym four, five, six days a week. They're like, load me up. I'm going to do everything because I am on a real, real mission to, you know, lose the weight that I want. And that in the beginning, when the motivation is high, it's really easy to do. Even when you're a bit tired, you're like, nah, first week, I can't give up on this now. Ultimately, that's going to be, 
something that dies away. And then by the second week, third week, you're actually associating burnout and being tired and being overtrained and it, potentially at risk of injury. You're confusing that with lack of motivation. Ah, oh, you know, I'm just not as fit as I, as I thought I was. I'm not as motivated as that person, uh, as that coach or, or that friend. You know, they've got more than me. I mean, in reality, you've just probably not eaten enough and, and done too much training. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we like rewind as well, um, when it comes to, you know, suffering with, you know, uh, burnout, exhaustion, you know, are we, are we, are we missing something, you know, are we missing out on like the cornerstones of fitness as well? You know, looking at sleep, um, you know, your recovery, um, and, and stress, obviously a big, a big problem, like physiological and, and psychological as well. So that's when, whenever I go into a session, I always have that, that checkpoint with, with a client just to get feedback, like how are, how they're doing, like, you know, in, in, in every aspect, every aspect, just checking in, you know, are they, are they, are they actually up for it, motivated, you know, in terms of getting feedback from their last session, what's happened throughout their week and, and just like, we're getting feedback and then um, seeing where they're at. Yeah, I think that's important having those touch points that you just mentioned there. And I think you'll agree with this. As a coach, and I think most coaches will agree with this, as a coach, it is easy to wipe the floor with a client, with a member, with programming. You can, you could do it in, I could do it in five minutes. Give me an assault bike, I can give me five minutes, yeah. and I can have you redlining and not wanting to do anything after that. Like, that stuff is easy. That's not necessarily coaching, though. And that's what I like about what you said there about having those conversations in the beginning. Maybe the person hasn't slept very well the night before because their kids have kept them up. Maybe they're having a super stressful time at work. Maybe they've got loads of other stuff on their mind and they've turned up to the gym to get their workout because they know how, you know, they know they need to be consistent and get things done. But I don't see anything wrong with every now and again, if someone is feeling a bit, you know, um, you know, a bit tired, a bit unmotivated in the gym, just sucking some of that intensity out of the workout. I think when we look at, as coaches, when we look at, you know, frequency of training, when we look at, um, you know, the volume of training that someone's doing and then the intensity, the first thing that comes to mind to take away is the intensity. I'd sooner rather have someone turn up for a session and we work at maybe 65, 70% and work through some real quality movements. We're not trying to go for too much load. We're not trying to do too many repetitions. And we get through that session because like you said, we can look at different cornerstones of their fitness than have someone for one session, absolutely beast them and then not see them again for, for a week or so. That's right. Yeah. You know, and it just comes down to like, how, how can we test their, you know, nervous system in, in the right way? You know, like you say, we can, no, no trouble at all as a, as a trainer, you know, testing them. And, and, and having them go a million miles per hour, but um, it all, I'm, I'm with you 100%, just quality um, throughout that session. Yeah. Over and, anything then else. and something that I know that you're very good at, I see you do it on a day-to-day basis with your clients, is, is the other side of that, is knowing when someone, hey, is maybe at the peak of their week, or the peak of their programming that you, you've got for them, they've been building up on some, you know, some intervals, right? This is the time. This is when we're going to go one set. We're going to go max effort. We're going to red line because that's important within, within a training program as well. 
Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's twice a week, depending on who the client is. And it's time to go and, uh, and get that work done. But obviously that's something slightly different on a different tangent that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, with, with overtraining then, so we talk about leading to burnout and feeling maybe physically drained. And then yeah. we, we spoke a little bit about feeling mentally drained as well. Um, that kind of ties in nicely with injuries as well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had anything like that. I for sure have. Like my ongoing hip injuries I still have now uh, are down to doing too much at a time when, yeah. um, you know, squatting and overloading my hip joint too much when I wasn't, maybe didn't have yeah. the mobility or the flexibility to be able to do that. And because of that, I'm still having issues now. And um, I'm always fearful of someone who, who gets into that, who gets that training bug. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it when people get the bug for training. And they're absolutely smashing it and they're wanting to do double sessions and they're wanting to do you know extra workouts and stuff don't get me wrong i love that but then it's having those people around that are able to pull them back and say hey here's the consequences of what might happen if you continue to do this much exercise or you do these sessions because the risk of injury is real and especially yeah. when we look at our domain functional movements which yeah. the majority of the time are using big compound lifts, multi-joint movements, you know, lots of stuff around the shoulder, lots of stuff around the hips and knees. We need to be so careful that we're applying the right load and intensity to these, to these athletes, to these clients. Yeah, definitely. And um, just feeling off that point with how you mentioned, like you've experienced it and there's no, I'm not trying to knock like the background, you know, when it comes to CrossFit, obviously going, going all, all all out you know and um but what we do at movement wins obviously as you mentioned these functional movements but that corrective movement that corrective movement making sure we're not stressing uh members bodies too much and and also with our bodies now like you look back compared to what you was doing i'm sure you can say um it, your, your training is totally different it's moved in a a, a new direction now and you know, even with mine, even with mine, you know, compared to what I used to do in the gym, what I've learned and, and the experience that I've picked up along the way is, is changed massively. And I feel better for it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm proud to say like, I haven't experienced any, any kind of like major injury saying that I did tweak my neck doing a CrossFit session with you last week. But <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's 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 been good it's been, and um i think i i really can't um remember training anyone who's who suffered some some form of injury um yeah just a disclaimer on a class or pt just a disclaimer on that one you did the opposite of what i told you to do so you can <laughs> 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 that's your own fault on that one listen to your coach i think is the message on that one Okay. Yeah. Well, this then, is, that's a good example of going too too um, too quickly. I thought I could do it, and then you know, yeah. definitely. Okay. Just the third one on in terms of what I see um, some of the consequences of overtraining is lack of progress. Now, yeah, I think there is before lack of progress. I think there becomes inherent inherently lots of progress, perhaps. Yeah. If, especially if someone's not been training and they step Absolutely. into that environment oh like you know you get stronger so quickly you know the law yeah. of diminishing returns hasn't come in yet you get stronger you get fitter you get faster you lose body fat quicker mm -hmm. that type of stuff so the progress is huge 
But unfortunately, that doesn't last. And then once you start getting to, uh, you know, a little bit further through your journey, the specifics of kind of like the stuff that you mentioned already, the other cornerstones in, ter- in regards to, you know, sleep, rest days, yeah. appropriate load and intensity, nutrition, setting realistic mm-hmm. expectations. Those things are, are things that need to come in. And someone might um, still be trying to go at their journey the same as when they first came in and find that I'm not getting better at the same rate as I was. And um, that's some of those points there that I listed, right? Yeah, definitely. And with, with, with the fact if you, you do reach a plateau, you need to kind of step back and assess, am, am, I, am I currently doing the same stuff I was doing a year or two years ago? You know, there's the, there's the acronym, um, the said principle, you know, specific adaptation, adaptations to impose demands. So are we, are we loading correctly? Are we making that progressive overload when it comes to like programming? Are we doing things differently, repeatedly? So we can try and push for, through those barriers. And like you just mentioned there, we talked about it, those, those cornerstones, but sleep, so, so important nutrition how can you mirror mirror up your nutrition to maybe doing more more training so taking in more macronutrients carbohydrates to fuel your 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 workouts and 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 those kind of those kind of things go a long way into um smashing through plateaus it's kind of um i'm glad you mentioned i know i said it but you mentioned again like nutrition and it's kind of crazy to think the how people approach their nutrition when it comes to uh, exercising from uh, again we're, we're just kind of like using that person who's maybe just getting into their training or who is building up their training what tends to happen is they usually for better reason or not like there usually seems to be some sort of weight loss goal around it which is fine like fat loss goal however you want to term it and what happens is intensity training volume everything goes up thus burning more calories but then with nutrition they usually do the opposite and they lower so they create this huge demand of calories and then they're not supplying it so it's almost like they're they're filling up their car at the petrol station and just putting a quarter of a tank in but they're expecting their car to go you know for a full tank and um that's right that's that's a, a real easy kind of like representation of what you know not fueling yourself well enough and i guess that comes a little bit to do with you know just the media um people's maybe not having that education around calories and how to manage that people not wanting to go into that because i always find that nutrition just adds that extra level of complication and sometimes affects your social life which you don't want sometimes affects your your, you know you have to prepare food and log food and that type of stuff so people tend to stay away from it but nutrition is a big part of that yeah absolutely and uh, we we often even as health professionals we can make it confusing for like the gen pop you know who we work with but at, at the end of the end of the day it doesn't really need to be that difficult you know um we 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 often uh, advocate you know if they are you know focusing on that a fat loss journey you know just taking less less carbohydrates and, and, and less 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 energy intake as a as a whole but then as as you mentioned you know we need to mirror up you know we we need to eat and take in enough energy to 
to um, to basically do all the activities that we we're, we're made to do really. Yeah, it's almost, it's a weird one because you have that conversation with someone who's coming in all the time and they're massively into their training, but then their immediate goal is fat loss. And sometimes that first conversation is, hey, like, I want you to train less. Like, I literally want you to do, you know, maybe come one or two times less this week or on a weekly basis because you're automatically putting them in a position if they're doing more that they're going to surrender to cravings. You know, they're going to be hungrier because they're exercising more. And they're much more likely to make rash decisions when they get home in the kitchen. Whereas if you say, right, I want you to come in two times less a week. And I want you to actually, rather than come into the gym or doing that workout, what I want you to do is I want you to just go and get your steps up. I want you to go for a 20 minute walk. So then you can, you can manage those craving levels a lot more easily, but they're going to be able to continue and do that. There we go. The joys of doing a home podcast, you get the doorbell going. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Um, that was someone delivering water. Always staying hydrated. Um, I think we were coming to the end of it there. Uh, Patrick, what I want you to do is just obviously from your experience in, and from your own training and then from, from how you manage your clients and from your members as well, what practical advice have you got for people who um, may be overtraining, maybe doing too much, uh, trying to understand how much exercise is too much exercise? I think when when it comes to overtraining, you need to just realize, yeah, just listen to your body. I, I mentioned it early on in the podcast, but literally, it's it's as simple as that. You know, often if you're if you're feeling unmotivated, it's a normal thing. You know, emotions that play a big part um, when it comes to to training. It's it's so much better to walk away from a gym session than do a half-hearted session which isn't really doing anything and what you've taxed your central nervous system for the next day so it's a it's a vicious cycle you know so yeah absolutely keep it simple you know if 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 you don't feel like it just don't you know have a, have a rest day it's so important step back recalculate go again tomorrow there's always a new day and this is often what i i, I when i have my check-ins with clients members that's, that's all i say you know how you feeling what's your week been like and and if they're not there if they're not mentally or physically there i just say to them like right we'll, we'll have a break or we'll have two or three days away and then um come back to it yeah, I think that's great. And obviously experience as a, as a coach, you're able to have those conversations, goals, and uh, everything would have been agreed in the first place. So it's an easy conversation to slot in and say, hey, as a coach, you can say, I think you actually need a rest. I think you're doing a little bit too much. Bring them back in so that you don't, you bring them back in and they, they can continue as they were before making progress. Just one last one on that. And it's something that I've spoke about in other podcasts as well. And it's just kind of going back to those rest days and uh there's a great kind of like quote which is like stress plus stress equals burnout and then stress plus rest equals growth uh i think that's from the book peak performance as well i just think it sums up so well what we're talking about today in terms of how much exercise is too much and uh someone that we spoke about on another podcast as well is like your parasympathetic versus your sympathetic nervous system uh 
essentially think of it as like your sympathetic um, is like your fight or flight. Uh, your body is getting ready to um, is getting ready to take action, and stress is one of those things that stress on the body is essentially sympathetic. So stress through getting into caught in a traffic jam, stress through work, stress through family, stress through exercise, literally lifting weights is, is putting stress onto your body. And that takes us on that, that scale where we're adding stress and stress is important. Like I just said in that, that thing at the start, stress plus rest equals growth. So we need that stress. But then what's really important is that we're putting that appropriate time during our rest days, during our sleep, during our proper nutrition, um, that we're allowing ourselves to be more parasympathetic. And the way we make our para- ourselves more parasympathetic is through those things. And there's loads of others that you can list on it. And more popular now is cold showers, ice baths, cryotherapy, uh, meditation, breathing techniques. They're all designed to literally bring you back to that parasympathetic state. And you're, you're literally just on this sliding scale. But unfortunately, too many people spend all of their time in this sympathetic state that they forget to pull themselves back to parasympathetic before it's too late, before it's led to injury, before it's led to burnout. So um, that's always a nice way of kind of thinking about it for me. And I always, if I'm, if I'm training, if I've exercised a lot, I, I try and plot myself on that graph or on that little sliding scale. Where am I at the moment? Am I more sympathetic? Am I more parasympathetic? Well, my sleep sucked last night. I had too many drinks at the weekend. My nutrition's not been very good. I'm working a lot, right? Maybe I shouldn't go and do, I don't know, a thousand burpees or something ridiculous like I would do. Maybe I shouldn't go and do 400 meters of walking lunges today. Um, but then on a regular day, when I, when I have got those, those things in order, you know, crack on. I need that stress in my body to be able to grow. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't agree more. And uh, yeah, guys, it's yeah. okay to rest. We do it all yeah. the time. yeah definitely okay mate patrick that is your first podcast that was a success i hope everybody enjoyed it thanks for joining we will be on again soon and uh take care guys